Welcome to the Embrace Podcast. I'm Andrea, and by tuning in, you'll hear both encouraging and entertaining stories of faith from my circle of friends, Christian authors, and experts in the fitness industry. For listening today, I'd like to offer one month free to my daily workout program with code EmbracePodcast at EmbraceMovement.com. That's EmbraceMVMNT.com. Hey everyone, we've got a special guest on today. We have a longtime friend of the Montalvo family, Jim Konzelman. He has 20 years of experience in the Navy. He is co-founder of a faith-based nonprofit and longtime friend. Did I say that yet? I want to remind everybody um, that he's known me from, you know, most of my life. He's witnessed firsthand me being discipled and mentored by his late wife and CrossFit Games athlete, Becky Konzelman. Go ahead and say hi, Jim. Hey everybody. Great to be here. Thank you, Andrea. Yes. Um, gosh, it's been so cool. We've been scheduling this for who knows how long, but we are finally here. We're on zoom together and we're just going to be just chatting, talking about life, catching up, and hopefully there'll be some fun stories for our listeners to hear that they never would have heard otherwise. Tell us about your everyday life, living in the base of the Rocky mountains, workouts, update on, you know, your son and daughter, Kylie and Tyler, um, you know, how the kids are doing. Yeah, we like to say that Colorado is terrible and that no one should check it out to <laughs> scare people away. But uh, I guess I'll be honest here and say that, yeah, it's pretty awesome. If you love the mountains, uh, we happen to live right up along the front range. So we get to see nature and seasons and stars and sunsets and deer and birds and everything. And so um, love that. I have always loved trails and kind of getting out in the wilderness. And uh, from where we live here in Colorado, it's been great to be able to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as everyday, everyday life, I'm uh, active with the FaithRx board. FaithRx is the nonprofit that we started, Becky, me, and Chip Pugh, uh, way back in 2012, 2013. And uh, so it's gone through a lot of transition and uh, we have some new board members now and uh, really working hard on fundraising and kind of revisioning where things are going. Um, and then I've also taken on an appointment for the local municipal district. Uh, being on the board it gives me a, a new angle into just leadership and um, things that they're doing, which is our uh, cool opportunities just to make an impact there. Cool. Awesome. How's Kylie and Tyler? They are great. Uh, Montavos have been uh, around in their lives since almost the beginning. And so... Uh, yeah, Kylie is doing some AP and honor classes at her local high school, been doing gymnastics and dance, and she is driving now, which is, uh, <laughs> she is so responsible. She's more mature yes. than Andrea and I put together. And so, yes, 100%. Um, <laughs> uh, so she's not driving on her own quite yet, but she is driving uh, uh, with me in the car and I don't even look anymore because I know that she's going to do the right thing. You're just so bored. You're like, why right. are we doing this? Uh, why no you don't here. need me? She should have driven like four years ago. Um, <laughs> you imagine Kylie at 11, just like, Hey dad, I'm going to take the car and be like, here, please. Can you pick me yeah, up? X, Y, Z? Like, like <laughs> no problem. Go for it. Um, she's looking at a hospital internship for uh, next summer. And so that's really exciting. We've always talked about uh, just that life is not about us. And so I think she's really taken that to heart. And when she thinks about her future, I think she thinks about serving people and the medical community is such a neat opportunity for that. And she's got a, a sharp mind to be able to put that to use and possibly in the medical and, and see what that's like. And 
obviously wow. it's been such a challenge for that community to deal with COVID and everything else that's going on. And um, so it's, I think it's a neat field for her to explore. And then Tyler was this amazing gymnast and um, he has, is now applying all those skills to lacrosse and um, just an incredible athlete like his mom. And uh, he's contributing to the yearbook staff at school. And he did some weightlifting with Jess Lucero, who's a very close friend of Andrea and was with Becky and was part of that Bible study. And it was so cool for her to mentor Tyler in weightlifting and uh, watch him get stronger. And uh, he's been doing some CrossFit uh, and we enjoy some ping pong battles. We just had a great one last night. <laughs> and uh, he's also involved with Red Rocks Youth Group, which is cool. That's so awesome. You guys, I know their kids so well. And I just remember little peaks of their, like, I guess, childhood. And me and Becky would laugh about certain stuff and just be like, who are they going to become? You know, and here they mm -hmm. are, high school for Kylie. I mean, it's just amazing. And a lot of this, you guys, it's for the Faith Rags community too. Anybody that knows Jim and loved Becky and, you know, kind of wants to know, like, how are your kids doing? How's your family? Um, I just remember this one time Becky took Kylie out to Starbucks and she said, you know, mom, I really have to ask you why has there not been a woman president yet? And that was her question of the day. And Becky was like, you know what? That's a great question. Maybe that can be you. Maybe you uh -huh. can change that. Um, and then I also remember her one night, Becky was talking to me on the phone. And she was she was um, looking at the door, just talking, and she saw a note slip under it. And she was like, hold on, I just got an email or something from my daughter. And she, you know, she takes this piece of paper and on it, it just had written, um, hey mom, I need to do some homework before school. So if you could wake me up at 6.30 instead of 6.50 or whatever it was, she was like, um, needed to be up like 20 minutes early. So she was like, and she goes, I'm her personal assistant. So yeah, we, work for her. <laughs> we work for her. She goes, I have a lot of responsibility for my daughter who is right. extremely responsible. Um, and then, you know, funny thing about Tyler, I remember he was watching Becky so intently at a CrossFit competition and we were lifting, we were on one rep maxes. We were doing a team workout at MBS and there was crowds. Everyone was cheering. And I think Becky had to do a really heavy clean and jerk. I, I think it was for reps. So it was like, you know, we're sharing the weight back and forth. And at one, she like got this really hard jerk up. And when, you know, when she, when she, got done, she celebrated or whatever. And later we were at our house and we were eating chili and, and Tyler goes, you know, mom, I have a question for you. Um, when you had that heavy weight over your head, did you, did you slam it down or did you drop it? <laughs> and she goes, you know, I, I think I slammed it down. Were you supposed to do that? She's like, you know, I I don't know what the right answer is here. I think I slammed it down. Maybe that's not the right. Bam! You know, I'm uh -huh. like, yeah, that's a part of CrossFit. But it was so funny because you could tell he was like, um, not everyone did that. And I saw that you were kind of aggressive. Mm -hmm. But she goes, they're always watching. They're always mm -hmm. watching. And I, I'm amazed, you know, even now, like now into like my future, here I have a one-year-old who is doing air squats because I was squatting. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he can't even walk yet. And he sees me go up and down and he's doing his little diaper squats. And I'm like, they are literally always watching. And I wasn't mm -hmm. ready for this level of responsibility yet. <laughs> the copying is it's fun to see, you know, because they mm -hmm. want to be like their parents, but yeah. Um, and their forms better than ours have the time with the yeah. flexibility and <laughs> yeah. yeah, not sitting at a desk for 20 mm -hmm. years or whatever. Mm -hmm. Becky used to say that Tyler was her kryptonite. She would 
you know, she didn't always want him right there and visible because she would get weak because she loves him so much. Oh yeah. Like in the stands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She would be like, hide my kids from me because they're my mm-hmm. weakness. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. you can't like go out on the floor and, you know, do 50 toes of bar and be an aggressive bar muscle upper, unless you, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're kind of like, I've got to do this wolf eyes. Remember? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Becky was a fierce competitor. I always looked up to her in so many ways, but like, you know, athletically, of course. And, um, I've talked about Becky a lot on this podcast. People kind of know who she is, you know, that she mentored me through, um, just competing in CrossFit, but also helped me bring my faith into my training, which was new for me. She helped me invite God into my dating experiences. And she just helped me kind of connect the boxes of who I was at church and how I could live out my faith in my daily life. And I don't know how she did it so flat, like so, so, so fluidly, but she showed me that there didn't have to be, you know, separation and that we should be merged completely. And that people should be able to tell that we're Christians without having to even say it. But of course, when we get the opportunity to just say it, to take that opportunity because God loves to be glorified and, and talked mm-hmm. about and shared. So yeah, it's just a really cool relationship. I don't know if you want to, you know, offer any feedback on, on that kind of mentorship and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think what was really cool about you guys, number one, is you had a, a blast together. Like you weren't afraid. It was never like you didn't go into every time you were getting together with an agenda. Sometimes you guys had a Bible study or, you know, something you wanted to cover from a book that you were going through or, you know, something like that. But so much of it was just about living life together. And you guys both have such a gift of knowing how to enjoy life and enjoy other people. And you care so deeply about other people that um, she would just come home so energized from your times together because she just loved you. Yeah. There was an amazing Uh, connection. Yeah. Yeah. We had a great friendship for those of you guys that don't know. um, Two and a half years ago, we lost Becky to a brain aneurysm. And um, unfortunately, you know, the, the odds were against her and, 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 you know, recovering from it, but we prayed and prayed and, you know, we lost her, um, you know, days after, um, we thought, okay, God is definitely going to save this amazingly faithful woman. And in a way, I think he did in, in his, in his own way and redeem the situation. Like he always was going to. So it's amazing to kind of see what God had planned for not only like her life, but your guys' family and my life, you know, people that loved her, their, their lives, you know, deeply affected, but, um, the ministry of faith Rex that she dreamed up herself and it has expanded and grown. And, and it's just, it is amazing to see like shifting hands of leadership. Um, but also the, the drama of building God's kingdom here on earth. Mm-hmm. with and now without her mm-hmm. that it's like the most beautiful thing is I'm like God has continued to work in so many people's lives mm-hmm. and everything that she did wasn't for nothing because mm-hmm. she's gone and like mm-hmm. I certainly don't believe that God wanted her here on earth but you know it just happened to be that she didn't make it it's like no he wanted her in heaven mm-hmm. and and when he took her there that was on purpose and it and it and it was better for her and it was beautiful Mm-hmm. in that, in that situation. And so like, sometimes we think about ourselves and we think, oh, it's so sad that we don't have her anymore. And that, that is still kind of where I'm at too, because, you know, it's ultimately sad. I can't call my friend up and ask for advice. I, I need mm-hmm. lots of advice lately. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm honestly Especially kind of in a place yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
that and like, yeah, like I guess friendship stuff, community stuff, Mm -hmm. fitness stuff, um, running the company. Uh, I just, I, I struggle with like having friends that are a little bit ahead of me in life that are like, Hey, I've been through that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, I guess I don't really have anyone to turn to unless I I'm turning to people that are younger than me that I'm trying to like make it look like I have it all together for, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So she was definitely that, um, Pete calls it a, a soft place to land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was that sometimes in marriage, you know, we got to remind each other that like, if we were expecting like to open up about something and that person's like, yeah, well, you should have done this and this and this. And we're like, mm-hmm. Hey, I was really looking for a soft place to land with you. That mm-hmm. was very soft, mm-hmm. <laughs> but Not she, always, she always was that. <laughs> she always was that for me that's what I loved about her yeah and I think she also would turn it back on you and I think she was open about things that she was struggling with and I don't know you could tell me better than I would know on like if she was doing that right from the beginning or if that was more as you were maturing so much and then you know it was later on that she was sharing stuff that she was struggling with but I think she was that was one of the cool things about Becky is she was so vulnerable and open and self-effacing and just willing to just let it all out. She wasn't holding anything back. And so I think, you know, she would sometimes even ask you for advice on some things. Yeah. I think that made it more fun, you know, Mm -hmm. because it was like, she did that with everyone too. That was a leader. She'd be like, how would you approach this? You know, whatever Mm -hmm. the situation was and Fethrex or the direction it was going, if she respected them. And, and I, and I feel like Becky respected so many small things of everyone Mm-hmm. That it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, you're above me. So I'm going to ask you for advice on what I should do. It mm-hmm. was like, oh, like you seem to be like in love with the Lord and grounded in your faith. Mm-hmm. And you have a knack for this and this and this. And mm-hmm. I want your expertise on whatever this is. And that mm-hmm. person might even feel like, wait, what me? Why are you asking me? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she still appreciated mm-hmm. every different part of, of everyone. And, and she always made you feel like she was listening and mm-hmm. like she cared. And like, she mm-hmm. remembered certain details about your life. I mean, those are things that she just, I think out of years of ministry of just practicing and building relationships as such a big part of her life, she became Oh, is it weird to say an expert at loving people or like building mm-hmm. relationships mm-hmm. with people? That's how I feel like she was. Mm-hmm. She really was. Yeah. And just, especially after her death, hearing from so many people that felt like they were best friends mm-hmm. with her, you know, because there was such a connection could have even only just been for a really short mm-hmm. season or a, even just a few brief encounters, but they, she had a way of just really connecting with people that was amazing. And uh, I think a, a lot of that comes from I don't know, the way God wired her, uh, Mm -hmm. the family she comes from, um, but also her time in the word. I think as she developed her relationship with God and it became such a genuine part of her life that she would seek out every morning faithfully um, and really go to him for uh, support and for wisdom and his word and all of that, then, you know, I think that just naturally poured out in her life. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, that is really, really cool. I feel like when I talk to people that knew her, they always would start with like, well, you know, we weren't as close as you guys were. And I'm like, what a weird thing that everyone keeps saying. And I Mm -hmm. thought, Lord, did we put our friendship too on display? Like, was I more like, so was I too like social media about our, you know, about our friendship? And I Mm -hmm. kind of would ask myself, am I making someone feel like they weren't as close with Becky as, you know, someone Mm -hmm. that's passed away? Is there something that 
is there the way that I'm writing my stories or is there, am I like, did I ever call her my best friend too much? Or like something like that, where I was like, almost like trying to make a, I guess a hierarchy of like, you know, relationships. And, and I actually think it's because people want to frame it that way, but they actually want to share how special she was to them. Mm -hmm. You know, they actually Mm -hmm. want to be like me too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how beautiful that is that, that after some passes that, that, that many people that were not mature in their faith, maybe beginner Christians, maybe baby mm-hmm. Christians. Like I, I would say I was a baby Christian my whole life, honestly, mm-hmm. because I had never learned how to read the word and how to pray out loud. For me, those were two things that they were tools. And once I got a hold of those tools, God was like, okay, let, hold on tight. Cause we're going on a ride and you're never getting off. And it was like, wow, this is so awesome. And it's still like that. I mean, even one of my aunts that doesn't understand, I guess my faith or my love for ministry necessarily. She said, well, there are lots of people that are passionate like you about this. And she said, and, and it just sounds like you're on fire and it just sounds like you're on fire. And I said, but I've been on fire for like eight years. So that makes me feel like I'm not just on fire. And that, you know, like she was kind of almost making me feel like, like, oh, well, it will die out and you'll be a normal, you know, church goer eventually mm, or something like so that. Radical. Yeah, you won't be so radical. And I was <laughs> like, no, 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 I can't go back from this. Right. Seems pretty permanent. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. And that's a gift too. I mean, and I think it, you know, like there's this Paul David Tripp book I've been reading called New Morning Mercies and new is important for us um, short attention span humans who always do need the new we thrive in the new but Mm -hmm. um you know god has the capacity to give that to us to make it new and exciting but we have to kind of chase after that too and we have to keep pressing into it because we're not going to find the new if if we don't Mm -hmm. yeah yeah definitely so you know coming into that like two and a half almost three year mark um, you know, not having her around anymore. Like you guys as a family have kind of had to, um, build like a new identity of just like the three of you guys, you know, mm-hmm. what has, what has that been like for, mm-hmm. you know, for you guys to go through something so devastating, but also to have that hope that only God can give us, um, that assurance of like, oh, she's in heaven. Like, this is mm-hmm. actually, um, you know, we can go on from this and we can hope to see her again and mm-hmm. have that faith, um, aspect in there. Can you share a little more about that? Yeah, sure. So, um, it's definitely not like a three point, you know, summary, like this is how we solved it. It's totally a process and we're still totally trying to, um, see what God has for us in it. We struggle with it. Um, but I think, um, the fact that, I wasn't an absentee father that I was invested in their lives from the beginning and just cared so much about them. And with Becky's travel and her um, focus on ministry and us doing so much jointly, I'm blessed to have had a relationship with them that we could build on rather than trying to just build from scratch. So that would have been Mm -hmm. really hard if, if it was like, Oh my gosh, now I'm in charge. And who are you kids again? And how do I, (laughs) (laughs) what are your needs and how do I do all this? You know, I was, you know, she would travel. And so I would cook sometimes and I would clean not as much as she wanted me to, but you know, we're getting better at that. But, um, (laughs) but yeah. And so when she passed, um, you know, we can get into that just a little bit, at least of, um, first of all, their Nana, um, really emphasized that they should know first before everybody with Becky being so public, it would have been easy to 
you know, release the information and then sort of secondhand finding out about it. They are on social media. I can't remember if they would have been way back then, two and a half years ago, but, um, you know, so that was really important. Flew in the next morning after we realized that she was not supporting herself anymore. There's, um, you can die in your heart or you can die in your brain and she was dead in the brain. And so, um, but she was being supported by um, life support so that she could donate all her organs. But um, that's when I was able to, when she, she failed the test for, for a brain, um, that's when I was able to fly back to them and, and just share with them what had happened because we had this sense, I think you kind of alluded to it earlier of, you know, she's not going to die. She's just going through a really hard time and this looks really bad, but we're going to get through it. And then it was actually, a, you know, and I sent them back to, you know, start school and to kind of try to get some normalcy because it had been, you know, it was an eight day process and um, we just didn't feel like we were, we necessarily all needed to be there. Um, and so then they had flown back. And so then I had to fly back and share with them that she had passed. And we really talked about being there for each other and getting each other through it and leaning on our faith um, to get through it and to, um, yeah, just, um, just support each other. And um, just a quick anecdote about Tyler, you know, he, he takes after Becky so much and that competitive drive and he had a gymnastics regionals the very next day and um 45 minutes later he was saying well I, I think I want to do regional still and you know is that okay and I said yes you know and so you know of course it was hard for me to be in the stands and having all this just happen but he was out there just kicking butt and just doing awesome and um you know you talk about workout as worship or com competition as worship you know, he was doing it to honor God and to honor Becky and to honor the training that he had done. And so that was an amazing victory and just uh, so cool to see God sustain them and give them strength through um, what was a, such a hard time. But since then, you know, some things um, that really helped me were acknowledging that God was writing the story and not me. You know, I wasn't, there's so many things in life that we just mm -hmm. can't control. And yeah. so really just releasing that to his sovereignty and trusting him in it. Um, you know, there'd Praise be days God. where you, you kind of just slip back and you try to reach back and change the past and dwell in it. But then you, when you can say, God, you are in charge and you're writing this story and you have a purpose and a plan that's to, that's for our good, then, um, that helped us walk forward. And so we trusted in that. And then, um, yeah, so um, we do probably think about her less than we did originally, just because there are new memories that we're creating and, and life does go on and there's new friendships and relationships. But one thing I've, I've tried to do too is just to, whenever I think about her in the context of daily life, you know, thinking about what she would have done or what she would have said or what she was like, there's no filter, there's no hesitation. It's just, you know, sharing that. <laughs> Can we have a quick cry break? <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm trying not to look at you so I can actually talk. <laughs> I know. I'm like, whose idea was this Zoom call? Why are we right. why are we able to see each other? Can't we just be like blind? Right. No, no, I've I've definitely shed a few tears on my podcast before. So I think it's like, hey guys, this is a continuation of my right. um daily kind of walk with grief, but then also like 
there's something beautiful about being able to mention somebody casually. Mm -hmm. I think there's freedom in that. I do believe that that is what God has put those memories in our minds and in our hearts for that. Sometimes they feel so real. And sometimes it's hard for me because they feel so distant and they don't feel, you know, so close to my, my memory, like they used to. And I'm starting to forget things that I want to remember. And, and, you know, there's all the stuff like should have run this down, should have put where we were next to this picture. I should have, you know, I should have, um, written down this story or voice messaged it to myself or written it down for Kylie. Like I said, I was after she died, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I do like to bring her up like that. And Peter and I talk about her, you know, very regularly. And, and it's just like, you know, it's sad that it has to be the same old memories. So for me, I do kind of mourn over the fact that we don't have anything new to share with each other. Like Becky mm-hmm. would have done this, or she said this, or she talked about this because it's like, okay, well now it's been a minute and mm-hmm. I don't know what she would have said about this, you know, mm-hmm. cause she's never talked about this new thing that's going on in my life or whatever. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, you know, there, that's kind of the morning, I guess, but I did appreciate when I, when I, um, spent some time with you guys this summer, Pete and I had gone home for a month and we were in Colorado and we were like, okay, we got to spend time with Jim and the kids. Like every time we can, you know, mm-hmm. the kids are growing up so fast. And obviously if Becky was alive, we still would have been with you guys. So mm-hmm. nothing's going to change in that perspective, you know, just because she's not here, that mm-hmm. is not going to be like a, oh, well have a nice life, Jim. It's like, mm-hmm. what? You can't just unglue people, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, staying at your guys' house, seeing how peaceful your home was, like even just staying in the basement there, stepping out, seeing deer right outside your guys' place, feeling so close to God, just right next to the mountains. And now I know why the Old Testament writers always went to the mountains to talk to God because they're mm-hmm. like, oh, this beautiful view I have and God, your creation. And, and, and they felt so close to him there. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, wow, like this is where those building blocks were, were laid, you know, and built for so many years. And this is like, you know, it was just really cool to be back. And it was really cool to like, feel God speak to me as much as he did in your guys' home, even Mm -hmm. when I was by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, even just talking about her, I guess with Kylie, now that she's not 12, she's 15 now. Mm -hmm. And that's different talking to a middle schooler versus talking to a high schooler about literally anything Mm -hmm. is, is super different, you know? Um, but yeah, I just, I loved hearing her growing perspective on it because there was maturity there. Like we talked about earlier, her being so mature, you guys mm-hmm. imagine me and Becky are on a hike and we're coming home and Becky needs to rush back because the kids have a play. And she's like, we had been praying and talking and hanging out and we had grabbed some wildflowers and she was like really trying to pull them like out of the ground. So there's dirt everywhere. She's got dirt on her pants and she's like, no, I got to go to this play. And I'm dressed like a athlete that was rolling in mud. Like what an idiot, you know? And we were jogging back, jogging back. And we see you guys pulling out of your driveway because you didn't want the kids to be late for their play. And then the first time, like, I got to drive away and I'm, I feel like I'm a bad guy. I've kept Becky away for too long. And she tells me later that first thing happens, she gets in the car and they said, why are you so late? And then they're like, why are you so dirty? And then Kylie goes, isn't picking wildflowers illegal, mom? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, the accountability of that, that van pulling out of your driveway. It was just so funny. I was like, oh man, I was like, were they mad? She's like, no, it's fine. Um, but you know, it's just so, it's like, that was the kind of like rush that, that hang out with her was. 
And, and that was the kind of like energy that she brought to normal things in life, you know, and even just Becky, or I mean, sorry, Kylie getting to remember things about her mom, you know, was just so fun because now she's got this older perspective. Like she knows more moms, she knows more, more kids that are close to their parents and what their relationships look like. And she can go, this is what I had. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know, and and, and appreciated it for what it was. Mm -hmm. So that was really, really cool. Mm -hmm. They packed so many memories in such a short amount of time. Um, Yeah. Yeah. They live on. Yeah, definitely. Um, So what has been the hardest thing, you know, within this time? Um, for you guys, you know, and also, you know, how has God worked, you know, forming a new normal together? Um, mm-hmm. You know, and what is he teaching you lately? You can pick literally any part of that and you can okay. talk about all yeah, of it. A lot, I just, <laughs> a lot there. I just didn't see the point of separating them because it's like, hey, what is God doing in your guys' life right now? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think it's, you know, God is allowing us to serve in the church. He's, he's allowing us to continue to be part of faith or X, which is, is really cool since that was something that Becky and I started together. Um, you know, I, I think, um, the kids are really trying to find their way in terms of, uh, you know, what, what is their purpose? You know, Tyler and I had a a conversation the other day about college and I'm like, um, you're going to need to tell me why you why you're going to go to college and, and why I should support you with that. And, you know, not taking for granted just, um, what is in front of us and, and really putting purpose to it. Um, in terms of grief, I wouldn't say, again, I, I wouldn't say that's a daily part of our life so much. Um, I think, um, um, yeah, I, I think I'll, I'll leave that part there. Uh, mm-hmm. In terms of like, what is God teaching me lady, lately? I read a book called Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland, And I don't read a ton of books, but I'm getting better. And uh, that one was really powerful. And it was something that our whole church staff was reading. And so they recommended it. And then some other people did. And so I'm like, I gotta, gotta get in here and do it. And I think the, the way I've been thinking about it lately is, and, and kind of the main message I got out of that book was how dirty and messy and real Jesus gets in our lives, uh, that he's, he takes his role of um, being the initiator and the sacrificer and the forgiver so seriously that it's not a once and done thing. It's not um, going back up to his throne and being the judge again, but it's being willing to um, meet us where we are in our sin and our shortcomings. And, um, you know, I've thought Mm -hmm. about it like a mayor versus a firefighter. And there's been so many fires here in Colorado. Um, And a mayor would just make sure that all the different agencies are showing up and the right things are happening. A firefighter Mm -hmm. is actually putting on the suit and getting in the midst of the fire. And it's just crazy to think of the creator of the universe and this um, being God that, you know, we worship as, Mm. um, as the be all end all. And yet he is a firefighter. Like he comes in the midst of everything that we're living and all of our shortcomings and failures and, weaknesses and he's and even if it was today that we messed up we don't have to like there's not this cleansing process that we have to do where we're you know saying the right prayers and 
um, cleaning everything up and living right again for us to talk to him again. It's like, he's, he's right there in the midst of it. And he meets mm -hmm. us there and he actually, like, that's what he specializes in and, and loves to do and to redeem. And so that's been a really cool process for me. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the more I can be accountable in my faith and live it out, the better leader I am with Faith X. you know, I'm involved in the Denver chapter. And then of course, with the board and trying to lead things with um, the direction of, of the ministry, but then as a dad and guiding them and just those little conversations you have in the car of uh, little opportunities to speak into whatever's happening in their life to, to try to encourage them and um, help them grow in their faith and to lean on it. And, you know, they, in a Christian family, everybody knows how much kids like of pastors tend to struggle almost more than kids that, mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. that aren't. And I think in a sense, they're kids of pastors because they've been around faith wreck so much. It's faith has been such a, a key focal point in our lives for so long. And yet um, for all of us, we have to figure it out ourselves. And so they're doing that. And, and it's such an important time for them as they're coming into their own and they're going to be out of the house before mm -hmm. we know it, which is scary. Um, and it, they've been involved, like I said, in that Red Rocks youth group, but, you know, what does it really mean? And when I encourage them to, you know, use a devotional in the mornings and start their day off right and to pray, and, and I do pray with them, especially at bedtime, but um, are they, are they going to do it just to go through the motions or are they going to really trust in him for strength? And so mm. that's a, a big part of, of this. And um, in terms of grief, I do think kids' attention spans are a little bit shorter than adults. And so, um, you know, I don't hear them grieving on a daily basis, um, but I think it's important for me to keep, you know, reminding them and keep, you know, bringing up photos and videos of Becky and, and keep talking about it so that if there is anything that they're harboring, any frustration or guilt or whatever ugliness could be there from that tragedy that, um, that that continue has have air to, and light to, to come out. Wow. Yeah. So true. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. Like I actually totally agree with you, what you're saying about being a pastor's kid, because mm -hmm. I've actually interviewed many pastor's kids on, on here on embrace podcast. And, and just because a lot of them end up being leaders, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of them end up having such a great foundation that whether they went to seminary or not, they're leading their own um, devotionals or Bible studies or like, you know, even just have a big following and they're teaching, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, it's actually been fun because I love to connect with those kind of kids that they're I'm like, you're a PK. And they're like, mm -hmm. I'm totally a PK. And I'm like, okay, that tells me a lot about you because your story was probably, you know, so influenced by your parents, mm -hmm. so influenced by what you saw and what you grew up in. You weren't just sitting at a pew culturally Christian. Mm -hmm. You were probably getting taught these foundational things from so young, but then eventually had to make your own choice. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, some people have like a really messy story and then they flipped around and it's like, you know, for them, it's more like, um, coming back into their father's arms after they've messed up. Mm -hmm. And then some kids have a, have a story of just kind of walking that straight and narrow and God blessing them through that and going, okay, you know what? They were close close with God. And even when they felt they wanted to be back in line with him and that, and that was like kind of their, I guess, like, um, their motivation of getting through life was just going, no, God really is my rock. And mm -hmm. so it's, it's beautiful. And I, and I don't know what your kids' stories are going to be like, but obviously when I think about parenthood and I think about raising kids and now raising James on my own, I, I think about your kids all the time I, and they're mm -hmm. not kids anymore. That's the thing mm -hmm. is I'm like, 
oh my gosh, like I remember carrying Kylie up a mountain when she was eight. And I know that because I kept telling her that she was the luckiest freaking eight-year-old in the world, that I was as fit as I was. And then we were on this five-hour trek up to the freaking top of, you know, Grand Junction, Mm -hmm. this beautiful mountain called Mount Garfield. And I just remember Alex, my brother, giving her me a break. And so he took her onto his shoulders and he carried her for a while. And we took a break to grab some water. And she goes, can I get back on your shoulders? I'm like, I already carried you for like three hours. Like, why do you want back on my shoulders? She goes, he's too sweaty. And I was like, oh, okay. So (laughs) princess over here, I'm Uh a little less sweaty. So you want to ride on me anyways. And I just like, I could never carry her up a mountain now. She's too big. She's grown, you know? Um, But in general, you know, I do think about, you know, raising James and how we can influence his faith without writing his story for him. Mm, Like, you know, it's like, okay, God, this is in your hands, but I want to control it, but it's in your hands, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to let it go. So you can do something amazing with it that I would never even think of, but I want to dedicate him to the Lord and, you know, do these beginning steps. And I want him to have this pure life that I didn't get to have. I mean, literally Peter prayed over his diaper change that that would stay only between doctors and us and his wife. Okay. So that's, that's what Peter prayed when he was like a month old. Okay. So I'm like, huh, so purity is going to be a a theme of uh, growing up, you know, for James. It's just like, you know, I know for us, we go, yeah, that's a great goal, you know, Mm -hmm. but for other people, they're like, that's weird, you know? And so it's, it's just Peter and I, Peter and I want that for him, for him to like, just grow up knowing that God loves him mm-hmm. and that there's a, there's a standard and that God gives us all these commandments and rules, but by following them, we are not just soldiers and just robots. Instead, mm-hmm. we're like, we're chasing after the father's heart. It comes mm-hmm. from inside, not just the rule book, but instead that it gives us freedom because mm-hmm. within those boundaries, it's out of love and there is freedom within that. And mm-hmm. so it's like, you know, I see the example you guys gave and like, I even remember one time Tyler was worshiping along with Pete and a bunch of the other other, um, faith Rex leaders. And she said, you know, I really liked seeing him sing like that because I know he was able to read the words on the screen, but he kept looking at the older boys and, and kind of singing too. And she goes, I just hope that it was out of his own desire to praise God and not just, um, copy. And she said, I'm still kind of trying to understand that because I've never like raised kids before where they're going through a spiritual experience on their own, very young. And Mm -hmm. I just love that awareness. I'm like, Mm -hmm. Lord, just please let me be as aware as you Mm -hmm. guys were, where you're like, Hey, I want to help. I want to answer questions. I want to guide you, but I know that you guys are watching and Mm -hmm. learning and forming your own understanding of grace and, and what forgiveness looks like and what, um, coming back and, and having that, that love, that, that unconditional love looks like, and admitting our faults, admitting mm-hmm. our weaknesses, our brokenness to our kids. How hard mm-hmm. is that? Hey, I'm, I'm falling short, mm-hmm. but guess what? God still loves me. And I still love God, but here I did. I, I sinned against my child. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Can you please forgive me child? I mean, mm-hmm. that is a whole that's the first thing you need to be thinking about and it's so not natural to just be like hey guys I really just screwed up but yeah if they can see that model then it's just so much more healthier for the family and for them to then be able to carry that into their relationships they need to see that so and then I think you... about like um with Tyler's like motivation and singing like I think about my own motivation 
it can mm. we're fickle human beings I mean, yes, it can it's be so true. hey am i singing on key right now am i like even keeping up with the words and or am i really is my heart pointed toward worship toward god and that can go back and forth even within one song you know so it's if right. we're struggling with it we know the kids are but um early on in my life i you know i, I was way too cool to sing the lyrics so i would just stand there in the youth group but then Something turned on me where uh, I, I started feeling like, well, if I can, I'm here, I'm, I might as well pour my time into it and to be all in and maybe this will become more real for me. And so I did start mouthing the words and singing and, um, and being part of it. And I think that's what we have to do in our, in our walk sometimes is to mm. just go through the motions, um, not for the wrong reasons, not to fake it just so people will respect you or that God will love you somehow more than he already does. Cause he can't love you more than he already does. Um, but for us to then, as we participate with God on things, we, it can start to mold us, uh, and change our heart toward him. Oh, amen. That's so good. I, I totally agree. Like our obedience, even when we don't feel like it, Mm-hmm. is still honored by God. And it's still faithfulness being displayed in our own lives in our own faith walk. And we're not always going to want to get up early and get in the word or spend time with God each night. I mean, right now I'm going through a 30 day fast from coffee and let me tell you day eight. Wow. Okay. Every time I make myself a hot tea, I'm like, just not as good as coffee. Uh, this totally sucks, mm-hmm. you know, but, but I, God is using it because it's showing me my dependence on this black sludge. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and not my dependence on the Lord. So, and with that in replacement, Pete and I are trying to spend 90 minutes with God and each other every night. Wow. And so it has been amazing so far, you know, no phones, getting in the word, singing some worship and really devoting my time to prayer has been life-changing for me. And we're only in week one, but we have plenty of girls through Embrace Movement Community that are doing it along with us. Some are giving up social, some are giving up, um, they're fasting full meals or full days. Um, and I just love to, to see what God is doing through it because ultimately it's not about what you know, our, our actions are doing. Like it's just kind of going, all right, I'm going to do something totally different and kind of rearrange and, and really, really try to put God first. And it just reminds me of like how we're supposed to be praising God all day, every morning, afternoon, and evening. And, and huh, who, who came up with that? What a great idea. And it's like, wow, why couldn't I have done this more on our own? Why did it take fasting to bring me to this place? But, um, you, I still have to make myself put my phone away and spend 90 minutes with God. Not every day do I want to do that, but he's honoring it Mm -hmm. with more of his presence. Mm-hmm. And, and for you, it seems like you, you know, mouthing the words and slowly starting to be okay with, and then like worship that he's using that too. He's like, you were willing, you stepped in and I'm not going to let you just hang out to dry. I'm mm-hmm. going to really bring more of myself there because you put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, I, when I, I used to teach leadership at the Naval Academy and, we would to kind of the number one takeaway I took from those years of teaching midshipmen to then be Navy officers in charge of a ship or a plane or, you know, whatever pretty big responsibility they were going to be stepping into was this t- idea of commitment versus compliance. And when you're leading mm-hmm. people, they're mm-hmm. going to want, they're going to be invested. They're going to be creative. They're going to be all in, they're going to be making sacrifices and contributing to the mission so much more strongly 
than if they're just compliant and following a set of rules. And, um, you know, so we're, we've been talking kind of both directions toward this idea, um, but, uh, you know, sometimes it is just being compliant so that then you see why you should be committed. Um, but you think about God's role of, and in, in the, that freedom you mentioned that he gives us when you're giving someone enough room to fail and when you're allowing them to mm. find out why they're, they believe in the mission and you're not just telling them all the time, then, uh, and, and getting to do some of the things that they enjoy about the mission. Um, you know, God does that for us. You know, he allows us to use our passions and our gifts and our experience in building his kingdom and being part of a relationship with him that isn't always forced. It's, you know, we have the choice to choose them or not. And um, mm. so it's cool to see that play out in our faith. And then also as we lead people. So my last question um, is going to be, um, of course, Christ-centered, gospel-centered. How can parents that are listening to this episode or friends that someday, you know, want to have a family of their own or anything like that, how can they bring the gospel into their families? How can they show, you know, God being a perfect and holy, loving God, and then the brokenness of the reality of our lives mm -hmm. and Jesus coming in to heal and repair and restore and revive us. And then us going forward and going out and, and, and not only sharing that mission, but living our lives for God, um, to someday, hopefully get to, you know, re-meet up in heaven and get to experience God in his fullness. You know, like the gospel is so hard to grasp, even after we already know it and understand it and have heard it a million times. So how do we teach our kids how to live out the gospel? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm definitely not speaking from this expert thrown on this um, thing by any means. I can't say I've figured it out. Um, I don't know how my kids' lives play out. Nowadays, but I can give my best shot at that one because yeah. it's a great question. And it's so important. Like, you know, we're, we as adults are pursuing, um, you know, our own careers and other relationships. But if we don't take our jobs as parents seriously, we're, we are putting human beings out into the world that, don't understand their responsibility to God and to other people to just live every moment and every day in a way that makes it count. Life mm -hmm. is so short and it's so easy to, especially now to get sucked into social media and to um, just pursue things only for ourselves. And so I think number one is make church a priority that, you know, you're, you're going to mm -hmm. find that time, whether it's a Saturday night or Sunday morning, to go to your to a church that you believe has great doctrine is, is teaching the word and is prioritizing God and everything and and referencing the Bible as the um, you know the basis for life and uh, knows how to teach and that may look like a Sunday school for that child or it may look like them sitting with you in the service right now my kids are, are mostly sitting with me in the service which is great because then we can talk about the, the sermon and, and what we experienced with that. So that's number one. And by the way, um, FaithRx really has been a way for a lot of those people you talked about. We talked about PKs, preacher's kids that, um, and maybe not even a preacher's kid, but somebody who prioritized and grew up in the faith early on, but now isn't living it. And, and, and with me talking about that gentle and lowly book from Dane Orland, you know, we feel so removed from God when we sin. 
But uh, I think FaithRx through CrossFit and through a gym setting has really made uh, faith accessible uh, because we do a workout. It's in a gym. It's really comfortable. There's not crosses all over the place and um, stained glass or anything. Not that all churches feel that way at all, but so people can be intimidated by a church, even just because it's called church. Um, so just want to put a plug in for, for trying out FaithRx if you've wanted to get back into faith, but have struggled with feeling adequate for it or, or knowing how to access it. Um, but back to sort of this idea of, of what can you share in your kids' lives that makes faith a priority throughout their life and not just a priority, but the number one thing is really the goal. Um, mm. And uh, I think being real and open, like we were talking about being vulnerable, um, apologizing when you screw up, um, they can see right through it. Um, you know, you, it's not about kind of trying to prioritize to protect your reputation with them. Um, they can, they know more than we think they do about the, our mistakes and shortcomings. And if we can be real with ourselves and then real with them, it's super important. Um, asking hard questions and follow-up questions, open questions, not, um, you know, how is school fine and leave it at that. It's like, really dive in, really ask about you know, if they go to a party, they're not going to want to naturally talk about those relationships in that environment, but, um, you know, ask the hard questions of, of what was it really like and who did you talk to and what are, what are they like and getting to know them and, um, making your home really accessible to their friends and making it comfortable for them is really important so that you can, uh, just interact with them and, and share with them, um, about who you are and, and they can see how you live your life. And um, I think, you know, I, I do put the Paul David Tripp book out that I mentioned and another book about praying through the Psalms out for their mornings. And um, I'm not always with them at, at breakfast time, but I really encourage that for them. And um, I pray with them at night. I think that's one of the most important times is after all is said and done in the day of just, um, you know, just spending time with them and, and laying in their bed and just praying with them and asking all the questions. And, um, you know, early on, it was little games that I would make up that we, you know, it was about treasure hunt. And you talk about that you buried a treasure somewhere in the neighborhood and they're like right turn, left turn out of the, out of the driveway. And you're saying warmer or colder, you know, silly games like that. Um, or pattern game where you make up, um, you know, A1, B2 or whatever, and depending on how old they are, you, you make up all these games and it's just a way to interact and connect. But the more you can connect and they feel like they know you and you know them, the more of a platform you then have to, when you're mm. saying that you're struggling with mm. something, but you're looking to your faith for strength in that, or God's word says this about my situation, the more they're going to respect that in your mm. life and then maybe apply it in their life. Wow. That's good. That's good. Oh, very life-giving. Honestly, I think anyone that's listening to this is like, okay, let me take down some notes real quick, mm -hmm. play games, pray at night. Like, you know, mm -hmm. um, no, I love it. And you guys are always been like, you know, really fun loving. And, um, this is a guy that was out on the trampoline playing yo-yo. Gaga ball. Gaga ball. <laughs> 
<laughs> Gaga ball. It was so present and, you know, just fun, a fun dad, but also has that component of faith. I think people separate those two. It's so weird. People are like science and faith. Yeah. I gotta pick one. It's like, hello, science supports a designer mm-hmm. and the designer is God. They go together. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, fine tune argument. I just love it. But, but then people that separate fun versus serious, you know, and serious is the religious side and fun is the anything else. And it's like, no, like faith is fun. Like God is fun, you know, having living within those boundaries and loving it and truly being all in. I mean, like I said earlier, the drama of like kingdom building, Mm -hmm. there's something fun in that. There's something exciting, praying for what God is going to do. And then seeing when he shows up and does something and being surprised by it. Oh my gosh, God, you really did this. Like I I just prayed it, but you actually came through. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's like you were listening to my prayers and we were aligned in the same, you know, the same idea. And, Mm -hmm. and, and, and then, you know, of course, when he doesn't answer prayers, still believing like, well, he still could. And Mm -hmm. it's not a no, it might just be a wait. And then the waiting and, and it's exciting. It's exciting. Like even people coming into your lives and you guys are so good at opening your home, letting kids always have sleepovers, doing bicycle. I don't know, like trail, <laughs> trail, bicycle expeditions. I don't know what you're doing with those kids. When we were there, mm-hmm. you guys skiing. had all this skiing, you had all this yeah. fun planned, you know, doing all this stuff, camping and all that, but like being in community. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's so important too, like surrounding your kids with parents that are, you know, loving and respectable, you know, and, um, have close relationships with their kids too. And are modeling that important, you know, gospel centered lifestyle too. It's, it's great. I mean, I just think that, you know, teaching your kids eventually how to make choices for their themselves is what it's all about because you're not always going to be in their daily life, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm excited for them for that too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, to kind of wrap up, Jim, how can people follow up with what you're into and how can they follow you personally? Yeah. So go to faithrx.org, check out the devotionals and the chapter meetings, see how they strengthen through fitness and faith and uh, begin to see workout as worship and build strength that lasts. And ultimately we want to mobilize the commitment, the, the fitness community to serve as well. So there's a real outpouring as you understand God's love for you, then you want to share it with other people through service and through um, actually explaining to them how they can live out a faith, uh, a life of faith as well. But then uh, Jim at faithrex.org, that's with a D at the end. And, um, and then uh, I probably have a social media handle somewhere, but I haven't been (laughs) on it too much. (laughs) That is hilarious. You're now in the group of people that don't know their own handle. That is okay. You guys follow at faithrxd. Yes, follow them. They're much more exciting on social media than me. (laughs) No, I'm just joking, but thank you so much for coming on. Love you, Jim. Love you, Andrea. Thank you. Bye. Bye. We are a women's program that helps build a daily routine around Bible study, prayer, and fun fitness workouts. Get a month free with code EMBRACEPODCAST.